Are you looking for a comprehensive and convenient online health fitness training platform? Look no further than Vikido Fitness Academy. With a variety of programs designed to meet your needs, this platform offers everything from weight loss and wellness group coaching programs to an emotional intelligence course. You'll learn what to eat in order to achieve optimal health and energy levels. You'll have access to exercise training, live coaching meetups with myself, Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and other instructors, as well as support and accountability throughout your journey. Whether you prefer to work out at home or at your favorite gym, Vikido Fitness Academy makes it easy to follow along with their programs. So get started on your journey to better health and fitness. Visit vikidofitness.com forward slash VDF Academy. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today... We talk about research articles and hot topics. Our topic today is, what's new? Hot topics number 85. What is the best time to exercise? Is it in the morning or afternoon? And how is that linked to lower risk of death from heart disease and cancer? A study is showing that a popular sugar substitute that is found in many keto-friendly foods can significantly increase heart disease risk. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with us is the one and only Dr. D. Banks. How you doing, my dear? I'm doing good, Dr. <laughs> Vicki Doe. What you know? <laughs> yes, indeed. We are here, and guess what? I am excited. Why? Because... It might be spring in a little bit. It might be, though. It might be. <laughs> you know, somebody said we sprung forward into winter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You right. Yeah, because all of a sudden we woke up and it's 20-something degrees. I mean, I can't believe it. Yesterday, Vicky was so cold. Yes, it, it was. It was so cold. It was cold. I was up in Cleveland, and you know that wind be hitting you up in there. Off that, off of that lake, it was freezing. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't bring any gloves out here. I'm thinking, this is March the 14th. Yes, March the 14th that we're taping this show and we supposed to be getting into spring on the 21st. I know. Daffodils are supposed to be coming up. Tulips are supposed to be peeking through. And what what we doing? We under the, the fireplace and showing <laughs> and shoveling snow, right? Shoveling snow. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But that is Northeast Ohio for you, yeah. right? Yes. Well, today D we are here, right? Yes, we are. We are here. And this is episode 251. And today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at 
and talking about. And our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 85. So what is the best time of day to exercise? Is it morning or afternoon? You know, what's your what's your best time for you, Dee? How, when when do you morning, exercise? Morning before I go to work and getting all that out of the way because it's so hard in the evening when you're tired and your mind just goes, I don't want to do this. So it's just better to do it in the morning. It's for better, me. right? It's better for to me. do it in the morning for some folks. With me, it it fluctuates. If if I got to go somewhere, then I'll do morning. If if I don't have to go anywhere, I like the early afternoon. I like the early okay. afternoon. Yeah. So it, everybody's different. But we're going to talk about a new study that has found out that the best time to exercise is going to tell us and okay. how it is linked to lower risk of death from heart disease and cancer. We're going to look at that today as well. A new study is showing that a popular sugar substitute, you know, we always talk about sweeteners mm-hmm. here you know how you got to be mm-hmm. careful with that artificial sweetener in your stuff mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well it's showing that uh, it has found um, sugar substitute that are in many of the keto friendly foods remember their package but the keto friendly foods including is that right yes it has that the sweetener truvia oh. what is it truvia I think, truvia i think it's truvia yeah the green, yeah. Stuff. The green, green stuff package. the green package yeah yeah, oh. can significantly increase heart disease risk. That's something that we're going to definitely go through that study and find out. Yeah, that's what we're going to look at. Mm. We're going to look at other articles, too. These are the articles that we're looking at on this episode. And as per usual, we have the one and only Dr. D. Banks, and she will give us the scoop on the latest thing that is happening with a bug or bacteria we have to protect ourselves from this week. This week, Another you know, it's always one. some. At least I'm I'm going to stay in business. Yes, you are. Thank you, Dee. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about all this and more on this episode on our podcast show. It's all about health and fitness. Now, make sure, folks, that you subscribe to this podcast. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or just on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast show. Now, when you subscribe, you will be notified first when we post a new show. You will be able to listen and to learn and to experience our shows, you know, especially when we bring in, especially when we bring in other guests. We've had great guests, D. right? We've had some great, yes. outstanding guests on our show. And so yeah. you'll be able to be first to be notified, you know, when we talk about these things on our show. And as you know, we do not just talk about physical health. We talk about things that we can do to preserve our mental health as well. And we believe in total well-being. That is having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure you do not miss out on any of our shows and go subscribe today. At least now we want you to at least go and you have to do this on Apple Podcasts, the rating. But we want you to give us a five star rating and review because this is how our show grows and it will go up on the ranks and then 
that will increase our listeners. So we want you to go and give us a five-star rating, and we appreciate you. And I'm giving a shout-out to folks because, yes, you guys see that I have a new address, Vicido Fitness, but we're still here in the local area here, Northeast Ohio. We still do health and wellness things in the Youngstown, Warren, Niles, and all the cities around us, and we conduct business, Cleveland, Akron, all of those things in Northeast Ohio. But we just got a new space. However, we do have a second location and that is in Columbus because we've always been doing business down there with my home folks down there but we decided to make it official you know and to add it as one of Vicky Doe Fitness location and you'll see that on the contact information on our website but we are here always 24 7 virtually go to vickydofitness.com we are here for you right d absolutely that's it absolutely so we want you to stay in the loop go to our website look at our new programs and services sign up for our email loose newsletter because Yes, we send out health tips, but we also let you know what is going on in Vicky Doe Fitness. And as always, what do we say, Dee? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, Dee, guess what? Yeah, I, I love what you said. We sprang forward. We sprang into, <laughs> into winter. We, sprang, we sprung forward into winter. That's what we did. Unbelievable. Yes, but you know, I still got a, a second energy because usually when usually when there's a change of the the time, especially during this time, you know, because we lose an hour, I I usually you know I'm dragging and stuff during the week. But this time I'm not. I'm kind of energized. Wow, you know where'd that come from? Who knows? I'll lose it probably later on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting used to it a little bit, only because. Well, I used to set my alarm clock, but now because I don't have to be in to work at a certain period of time, I don't have a resident that I have to meet. I'm noticing that at six six thirty, which would ordinarily be what seven thirty, mm-hmm. it's dark. Yes, yes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Because we so we lost thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, so it's. Yeah, so it's it's still really dark in the morning. Yeah, because now it's supposed what? to get up. Now it's five thirty. At five thirty, right? Even though and it's so saying six thirty, but the sun is setting. Like I saw on uh, the Weather Channel, whatever. It's like this: it, the sun was coming up at like seven something, but the sun was going down at seven something. Yeah. So it's trying to, but you know, it's kind of like as cold as it is, it really doesn't matter because the purpose of that days being longer is if you have sunny, warm weather, so you can go outside and do something, right? Right. And then it was the crops and the this and that and the other, and it was, you know, it's always about money, but now they're trying yeah. to, now they're trying to uh, negotiate where it won't be a daylight saving stuff. You won't That's- be what I had heard. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? You think this going to pass or what? I don't know. It depends. At the end of the day, it's always depends on money, right? Yeah. Who's going to benefit if, if we don't have it changing? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But, yeah. you know, that's different. That'll be different. Yeah, because then yeah. we'll just get what what we got, or they're they're we'll putting. We just get what you you get what you get. That's it. That's exactly it. You get what you get. Well, how was your week though? It, well, you know, my friend got COVID, so I was supposed to go on this big cruise. But you know what? I took it as an opportunity to rest and reflect and relax. Yes. And in fact, I came into work yesterday, and I said, I'm. 
might have one or two bed sores because I was in bed all day, <laughs> every day with the remote control. So I might need to go to the doctor to be checked for that. Plus, my thumb and my finger might have some sores on them from the remote control. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so you, so, you enjoy. I really did. I caught up on some old movies. You know, everybody was into, you know, Netflix and stuff like that. But I, I watched Turner classic movies TCM, oh yeah i love those whatever. i like the and dancing ones and, yeah and i went back and looked at some of the old movies that i that came out in the 70s and stuff like that that i had forgotten about the way we were with barbara streisand and you know the sting with robert redford and paul newman so just kind of you know enjoying some of those kind of doing some you know i always used to like saint elsewhere so yes. i found on hulu ah. that they have now the the rerun so that's where denzel oh yeah washington got his you know his start his, uh, yeah big start, time. right yeah. so I, I did that so really it was everything works out you know for the best and i was i really was refreshed refreshed and just you know kind of just i really just took it easy it well that's good. a good thing really sometimes we have yeah. to recharge yeah. and reset you do and, and, you do you do. And then as a matter of fact, we're planning, we're back, we're planning for our Healthy Heart, Healthy Living event in person. So those guys that have been listening to us, you got to make sure you come. It's going to be a Saturday, October the 14th from 7.30 to 3.30. And guess what? Our one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks will be our keynote speaker. And we are talking about recharge, reset and replenish. The flavor of wellness. We're going to have a local celebrity healthy cook off as a part of our highlight of our event. But, you know, we're going to do the things that we always do and we catch up on what's going on. And this is a this is a time where we meet. We do a lot of things to recharge ourselves towards the end of the year, getting ready to end our year off right. And so, yeah, you'll be definitely folks will be definitely seeing this on TV, seeing this on our website, all of that. So go definitely check us out. Go check us out. You haven't done this since COVID, right? Since COVID. That's right. We're back. We we did it. Our last year to do it was 2019. So we've been out of the mix. Wow. So now okay. we, we took a chance because we said, well, everybody done breed on stuff. I was trying to see if I, <laughs> right. I was trying to see if I could have a big vat where it just squirt out <laughs> Lysol every, what, every yeah, hour. Have like a big giant ultraviolet light over the whole place that'll help kids yeah that'll help you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're gonna go ahead and do our in-person and Looking we're excited to it yeah, yeah we're excited to hear all the good things that you have to say because you oh, know yeah. yes we we love you so now, was the last one mark perna yes it was and he was powerful he's he's he blown powerful. up now he done blown he's up he's gone on to do big things right yeah he's blown up yeah so yeah, yeah. kudos to him yeah exactly oh. Well, D, what is going on this week? Vicky, everything. Everything. Now, did you watch the Oscars? I did. I watched. <laughs> I watched. I even started at five o'clock. Yeah. With Laverne Cox when she yes, was interviewing. Yes, I love that. And then went all the way up to. I I stayed till the end. I stayed till the end too. Now I, I did doze off end. on a few things. I did doze off. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of like, right, but mm -hmm. I, I was kind of like on it, you know, mm -hmm. because there was so much happening mm -hmm. and I wanted to be up in the mix. I certainly didn't want to miss uh, Jimmy Kimmel's monologue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you yeah. know, after watching the Chris Rock thing yes. on Netflix, I wanted to be sure that I, you know, was was up in the mix. And you know, it's kind of funny. I'm watching. I finished watching Best Man Holiday. That's the um, one with um, with these four guys and four women who were like friends forever. And now they did a series of them. Okay. Um, Terrence Howard is in it. Okay, yes, yes. Those guys. It's kind of funny because uh-huh. the last series that they did, uh-huh. they were they were joking around. And then Terrence Howard said, and the last thing I want to say, keep my wife's name out your mouth. And I fell out laughing. I was like, well, the Oscars were only a year ago so obviously they had taped that this summer right so they could add that in at yes. the, you know at the last minute but yeah so yeah it was very interesting like you you have you know like you're saying here michelle yo who's from malaysia mm-hmm. won the lead actress for a role in the movie everything everywhere all at once which was the worst movie i have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life whatever just need to get that out there <laughs> jamie lee curtis won best supporting actor actor, Ki-Hu Kwan, who we remember as a little boy oh, yeah. in the Temple of Doom yes. with um, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And he's the Vietnamese actor. He won Best Supporting Actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, one movie of the year. And I just, you know, I just could not Get, did you see it? Have you seen it yet? Well, um, Natalie told, I saw bits and pieces, but Natalie told me about it. And she said, you do have to kind of watch it a few times to really get the gist of it. So it's okay. I need to see it again. It's okay, to, but it's I not. I need to see it again. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I get it. But it's, it, you know, I mean, it's okay. Right. And when I came out of the movie, I was like, well, you know, back in the day, you would say you probably needed to be on some hallucinogen to try (laughs) to understand what was going on in that movie. But I have heard that said, I may just have to go back in. Yeah, you have to go back in and and see it because she had to see it it. a couple of times. She said you got to see it a couple of times. Then you get it. But with that said, it changes Definitely, of course, Michelle. Yeah, she definitely should have won that, and she did. And she was the first Asian woman to win in that category, right? Yeah. Period. Period. Now, and when you say yeah. that, you be like, "Well, dang!" It's twenty twenty three. I know. And you've had, I'm sure, a lot of Asian actors who have been in a lot of roles and this and that and this and that. And you know, mm. um, well, you know, kudos to her because I was thinking about what other movies was she in. She was in that movie. Tiger, hitting tiger, something. Yeah, yes, and she's a she's a true martial artist. She's I didn't realize. Oh yeah, she yeah, she's for real. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then she had to deal with that because you know they ain't trying to have a a woman doing that right, being the Uh -uh. star of that. But she's always been good with that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and then, so. of course, you know, I was sad that Angela Bassett didn't get it. I you know. know. She looked beautiful. Big time. Um, she looked beautiful. So, you know, it was kind of funny when Michael B. Jordan and um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Majors came out and said, you know, hi, auntie. You know, yes. kind of giving her like the little, you know, we got you kind of thing. Yeah, but, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all in all, there was no big drama. Good. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, tributes. One, one little thing was when John Travolta came out, he teared up because of yeah, uh, Olivia. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah died this past year so that was 
you know, that was really poignant. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you and know, it, we was, have, we had, it was uh, the Oscars. It was kind of funny. We saw on TV uh-huh. that Spike Lee and Denzel decided to skip it. And they went to watch the Lakers game and the Knicks game. Yes, they did. Hollywood. Yes, they did. But yeah, what, what, what was interesting, too, though, is that everybody seemed like they were on their P's and Q's to see what was going, what was might happen, what might happen. They were ready, though. Do you see how they put all those things at the beginning of what not to do? And even though they were joking, I was like, like yeah. There's truth in jest, as they say, right? <laughs> they were like, they were ready. Don't you dare come up here and be uh-uh. starting some mess. Don't even think about it. Uh-uh. This time. Don't even think about it. Right? Nope this time but as we say hey our actors that have been doing what they do our african-american you are great you don't have to you don't have to wait for the oscars to give you you your stuff you don't need them to validate you no you you don't don't. need them to validate your greatness honestly and i think that was one of the things that Mm -hmm. denzel Mm -hmm. has felt Mm-hmm. You know, certainly when he didn't get the Academy Award after that performance he did in Fences. Oh, well, it's yes. over. It's over. It's like, okay, well. Mm. If I didn't get the award for that, it's over. It's I, I don't know that I could do any better, really. That's you know? it. And he was he was outstanding. So, he yeah. He was. Yeah. So, so if all he didn't the people... get it for that, then it's a popularity contest or something. It certainly isn't on merit. There you go. There you it know? is. But yeah, that was the Oscars. And then now we to back to regular our money. Now the banks, the banks are failing. And then the stock market, man, it was reacting big time. It was reacting. It went down. Then now it went up for a minute. Now it's down. Right. Cause we done heard about I, some other thing. This other one. I, was it signature signature something yeah so i i don't know we you know like we were saying earlier yeah we got the fdic they gonna help us that insurance but it only insures your money up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for those people that put all those millions in the silicon valley that was something however joe biden said that they gonna uh, recover that money for people i hope so you know they interviewed on the today no on cnn yesterday a guy who was from this company called you stem i guess it's a flower where they send flowers all over the country or world whatever okay and he was saying that they were asking him, well why did you you know put all your money yeah into this one bank the guy said you know we we borrowed some money from them okay and they mandated that we put all of our money back mm. with them. You know, they had this clause or whatever that you got to take, put all your money, invest it all back with us if we loan you this money, which was kind of like, I don't know, it just sort of seemed like. Oh, that seems, yeah. To me, how can you mandate where somebody is going to put their money? Mm. So, yes, he was saying that. And I heard this from most of them. Mm-hmm. They basically were just trying to get enough money to pay, make payroll mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they could pay their employees and then try to figure out what the next move was. But I mean, he said they woke up the next morning and everybody was like, what happened? I know. But, you know, a lot of times these bad these banks make bad decisions. Well, they do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, but I, I, you certainly don't want to talk about people, but you know, you, you think some people can get money loaned and other people can't. That, hey, there it you is. You know what I mean? There it is. And we also will say for any black owned bank, uh, I don't know if you get bailed out. Uh, I, yeah, mm, you know, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just standing back and looking at the situation and I'm mm. thinking, uh, 
like like you said, and like I said, some people can borrow money. Mm-hmm. Some people can't. Mm-hmm. Some people will get bailed out. And some, some people, people don't. There it is. That's the bottom line. That's where we live and in. We know, and we know what the deal is, sadly. I mean, because I was looking at this young guy and I'm thinking, a lot of these dot-comers probably didn't have a lot of collateral. What kind of collateral did they pull up? I know. You're just going to walk in and say, I'm getting ready to sell some flowers. Really? Really? <laughs> That's your collateral? I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna make some, some widgets. That's your collateral? <laughs> and they got money loaned to them. Uh, in San Francisco, where it's enormously expensive to live. Well, How big time. that work? I know, big time. We shall see. In the meantime, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. And then you yeah. under you can understand why you know the our old folks and ancestors back in the day, man. They would. I remember my grandmother, and she she was a big time teacher and all that. So she had she had a decent little something something. She and she was married and stuff back then. And and they would put that. She said, "Look, we gonna put just a little shum shum in this bank, and then we gonna keep some of my money because they you didn't trust to. that. That's because they lived in the depression time. You when have it, to you when have it, when to. when the banks shut and they couldn't get their money. So people yep. remembered that, and that's why you know to this day in our community we we have we have our our uh, older elderly folks. Uh, they sitting on that money. They ain't putting yep. a lot of stuff. They no. don't trust the banks." You know, you remember It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. with um, with Donna Reed, and I can't think of the name of the male actor, but there was that scene in there where... Oh, Jimmy Stewart. What was they, his name? Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart, right. Jimmy Stewart. Where they, they ran, had a run on his bank, mm-hmm. and people ran in trying to take all their money out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was, what, that was what happened in the Depression. People panicked. Yes, they did. And people ran in during the Depression, mm-hmm. and people took all their money out of the bank. You know, mm-hmm. and the problem is a lot of these banks don't have... Per se, the average Joe bank on the corner does not have, they probably do not carry a million dollars cash. Right. And right. A lot of those banks don't. You know what I mean? Because of security and all of that, you probably go to the average bank on the corner and say, I want to take out a million dollars cash. They don't have it. Right. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, it's something we, it's, it's that time that we are you know living in and we just got to yeah. see what what's going to happen you know yeah. hold yeah. tight is what they say right yeah. hold tight you know we always try to have a health tip and this one i thought was 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 interesting because it, it's called the high fat flu and this oh, was yeah this was written this was written in the fitness journal of idea and i thought it was it was talking about a study that was done and it identifies common side effects of keto eating plans now we're going to talk about this through here but that's not to discourage people that want to do the keto but it's like what we said before when we talked to uh, one of our guests that came that a lot of times you use this to jump start so it's not good for your kidneys either right you use it as like you would do medicine you you, you don't stay on medicine forever unless you have to and then you got to lower the dosage that you have to right So always keep this in mind. But the study identifies common side effects of keto eating plans. The ketogenic diet, which is heavy in fat and skimpy on carbs, has become a popular eating method geared toward weight loss. Plans typically recommend 
getting 70 to 80 percent of calories from fat. But it can also leave people feeling like they have been hit by a truck. When a study in Frontiers in Nutrition evaluated comments made in 43 online forums dedicated to keto eating plans, it identified moderate to severe fatigue, headache, dizziness, constipation, and mental fog as typical short-term effects. This cluster of symptoms is otherwise known as the keto flu. When your body is required to shift into a completely different metabolic state than it's used to, it can respond by making you feel miserable. That said, people's symptoms generally peaked in the first week of the diet. Then it tapered off over the next few weeks. So if you have clients or friends or family eager to give the keto approach a go, be sure they're prepared for a hard landing. There is also a concern that keto followers may fall short on various vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Plus the diet's long-term sustainability remains in question. And so, yes, this is something for us to really think about. We want to push push it out there because yes, this is March. We're taping this show what? March the 14th. The awareness this month is nutrition, healthy eating. And so yes, we always talk about the balanced diets like the Mediterranean, heart healthy diets, Mediterranean dash and all of that for healthy eating. But yeah, there are keto diet plans out there and eating plans. And as I say, a lot of the research has shown us that yes, you can use these diets for a jump start. But yes, it's hard for the sustainability on any of these diets. And if you choose to, you definitely got to think about your vitamins and your minerals and all of that so that you will not lose that out, lose out on that. You know what I mean? And you have to get your blood work done. Yeah. A lot of things have consequences. So you don't just follow things just because it's popular. You got to really know what you're doing and follow folks, you know. That's why we we talk about education a lot. A lot of our programs here on Vicky Doe Fitness, most of the program, we're talking about nutrition and the real deal. So knowledge is power. You can't just follow somebody because they're a celebrity and they telling you to do whatever. No. Because half no, of the time they're taking shortcuts. <laughs> exactly. And you don't know what they're doing to their bodies ultimately. There you go. Ultimately, you do not know what they're ultimately doing and how they're doing it. And, you know, if there's any other drugs or something else that they're using for their body, in order to do these kinds of things, you know, mo the average person is not getting paid, you know, $10 million to weigh two pounds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Then I might have to think about it, you know, you in a minute. Uh -uh. So no, no, uh -uh. that's it. That's yeah. it. But yeah, D, you know, what's the latest moving on? What's the latest? Well, the latest is it looks like we're never going to get rid of COVID. Mm. It's certainly not the disease that it was two years ago with people coming in the hospital and, you know, dying and stuff like that. The majority of patients that we have in the hospital, which the numbers in the hospital are going up, but there are findings that, for example, patients come in the hospital with something else, we treat them, and then many of them have to go back to the nursing homes or long-term care facilities that they're in, and they won't take them back unless they have a 
COVID test. And then now they've been in the hospital for three or four or five days and they test positive. So now, you know, we're gaining a lot. So we have very few patients that are coming in, you know, with shortness of breath and all of that. We're diagnosing COVID like we did two years ago, but it's still here. And these are in people, mind you, that are vaccinated. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I was telling you one of the hospitals where I work today, because our general area has gone, and that's what you have to look at. What is your general area like? The city that you live in, the county that you live in, what is that like? So our numbers are up to the point where one of the hospitals that I'm going to has recommended going back and putting your mask on. So okay, there I it is. I guess I'll do it. There it is. Well, you were talking about something else too, right? You were talking oh, about- yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know what? This was interesting. My girlfriend who works for the Center for Disease Control, mm-hmm. she texted me about two weeks ago, even before you gave me this article. Okay. And uh, it's interesting. This was the end of February. Public health officials are warning about an increase in drug-resistant strains of the bacteria Shigella. Mm-hmm. About 5% Shigella infection. Shigella is a bacteria that causes diarrhea, causes oh. bloody diarrhea. Ooh. And about 5% of Shigella infections reported to the United States Center for Disease Control and Prevention last year were caused by the drug resistant, multi drug resistant strain. That compares to 0% in 2015. Mm. Limited treatment options exist for people infected with these multi-drug resistant strains, XDR. The bacteria are easily transmissible and can spread their antimicrobial resistance genes to other bacteria. Now, Vicki, this is also a bacteria that mm-hmm. was identified, has been identified more in men who have sex with men, mm. but it doesn't have to just be in men who have sex with men. Okay. It can also be, I mean, sometimes I remember there were children who maybe ate something that was contaminated or is carried in food. It's fecal oil spread mm. of the CDC health work care workers, the CDC urged health care workers workers to be vigilant mm. about reporting cases of multi-drug resistant Shigella to their local or state health department. Shigellosis, as it's called, mm. affects the intestines, typically causing inflammatory diarrhea that may be bloody. Symptoms can include fever and cramping. Shigella bacteria can spread easily through the fecal oral route, through person-to-person contact, such as sexual contact, or by consuming food and water prepared by somebody who has an infection. In the United States, like I said, shigellosis has typically affected young children Mm. or and under. More recently, the CDC has seen an increase in drug-resistant shigella in adults, including increases in men who have sex with men, people who are homeless, international travels, and people with HIV. People with shigella typically can recover with fluids and supportive care, but sometimes an antimicrobial agent is needed to shorten the length of therapy of illness and reduce the likelihood of spreading it during outbreaks. An antimicrobial agent may also be indicated for immunocompromised people, those living in institutional settings, or for people living with HIV. Multi-drug resistant Shigella bacteria are strains resistant to all the commonly recommended and alternate antibiotics, such as azithromycin, cipro, mm. uh, ciptriaxone, trimethoprim sulfa, methoxazole, and ampicillin. Between January 2015 and January 2023, the CDC received reports of 239 multi-drug resistant Shigella cases with two-thirds of them Shigella sonii and one-third Shigella flexneri. Among 232 for whom patient information was available, 
82% were men, 13% were women, 5% were children, 41 of the patients answered questions about sexual activity, and 88% reported male-to-male sexual contact. The CDC plans to continue monitoring and tracking infections that have unique or worrisome markers of genetic and antimicrobial resistance. The agency is also doing an analysis of antimicrobial resistant Shigella infections in the United States. So it's just another one of those situations where the bacteria are always going to be smarter Mm. than us. Mm. Uh, And so we just have to continue to be uh, vigilant. Okay. All right, then. Well, thank you, Dee. You are so welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. And our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 85. Our first article, it talks about afternoon workouts may yield the most benefits for longevity. And this was written in Every Everyday Health. It says, although exercise at any time has benefits, a new study has found that a midday workout is linked to a lower risk of death from heart disease and cancer. And so it says, it goes on to say, if you exercise at lunchtime, there may be moments possibly when you're unpacking the sweaty clothes from your gym bag each evening when you wonder if it's worth the trouble. The findings of a new study of more than 90,000 people may inspire you to keep fighting the good fight. Working out in the afternoon reduced the risk of early death more than physical activity in the morning or afternoon. The study published February the 18th in Nature Communication provides good evidence that a non-medication intervention such as physical activity makes a difference in health outcomes. Tamar Syed, she's an MD, an associate professor of medicine and a physician at Duke Lifestyle and Fitness Center in Durham, North Carolina, who was not involved in the research. Wow. Anyway, the study, this is what Dr. Syed said. She said the study ultimately shows that doing moderate to vigorous activity 
is associated with a lower likelihood of dying from cardiovascular disease or cancer. I think this tells us it's not just about weight, but also about moving for overall health. But Syed is, is, is concerned that people may read the headlines and think that if they can't exercise in the afternoon, then exercising at other times in the day is not as valuable. And that is absolutely not the case, she says. I interpret these findings to show that exercise itself is worth it. Exercise itself is worth it. If you can do it in the afternoon, it's even better. But yeah, the findings show that it's absolutely not the case for you to not do anything, basically. And so moderate vigorous exercise reduce the risk of death from any cause heart disease and cancer to examine the relationship between exercise exercise timing and the overall risk of death as well as death from specific causes researchers use health and demographic data from about 92,000 people in the UK biomedical um, database all participants wore um, accelerometer for a week which tracked the time of day they exercise and how hard they worked out. After gathering that data, investigators placed participants into one or one of four groups according to when they exercised. So they had a morning group and that was from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. They had an afternoon group from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. They had an evening group from 5 p.m. to midnight. And then they had a group that didn't show. This is probably the control group, a group that didn't show a time preference and exercise at different times of the day throughout the week. After an average of seven years, the investigators checked the death records of the participants, a total of 3,088. That's 3.4%. Participants had died. 1,076. That's one point. 2% had died of heart disease and 1,872, um, that's 2% had died of cancer. Now, afternoon exercisers had a lower risk of early death than morning or evening exercises. So exercisers. So the authors found that moderate to vigorous exercise any time of the day was better than no exercise in reducing the risk of death, of death from any cause heart disease, and cancer, but the effects weren't equal for everyone. People who worked out in the mid-afternoon and people who regularly changed their exercise time from day to day had a lower risk of death, both in general and from heart disease than evening and morning exercisers. The findings suggest that exercise timing may have the potential to maximize the health benefits of daily physical activity, the authors concluded. The overall findings from this uh, very large study align with what we know. The more you move, the healthier you are. It validates what we've been trying to get people to do for a long time, says Laura Richardson, a um, PhD, a clinical uh, associate professor of applied exercise science and movement science at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Dr. Richardson was not involved in the new research. These findings all po also provide additional insights as to the ideal time of day for the majority of people who engage in moderate to vigorous physical activity for a longer life, says Paul Arcirio, a doctor of exercise physiology and a professor in the health and human physiological sciences department in Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York, and the author of 
the book, The Protein Pacing Diet. Intuitively, it makes sense that midday exercise reduces the risk of heart disease death and death from other causes, says Dr. Arcirio, who was also not involved in the new study. Vigorous physical activity performed early in the morning is known to increase the chances of a cardiovascular event, yeah, wow. such as a heart attack or stroke compared Ooh. with with exercise at other times of the day. And the most the most um, common day is um, from past research is actually Monday, and that's something. Anyway, so wow. um, heart attack or stroke compared with exercise at other times of the day, and evening exercise can cause sleep disturbances. You know, if you sleep, if you exercise too late, then you're going to be all riled up and you can't sleep. So, yeah, and evening exercise can cause sleep disturbances that may adversely affect the heart, too, as well. He adds, who benefits the most from afternoon workouts? The lowered risk of heart disease death with afternoon workouts was especially strong among men, the elderly, less active individuals and people with pre-existing heart disease noted the authors that's an interesting finding and aligns with what i see in my practice says dr anderson when we look at people who were in there in that midday group people who were out of shape the elderly those that are already identified as having less activity in my experience those people often prefer midday exercise, says Anderson. People who are retired or who have existing heart issues or obesity often choose afternoon exercise because that's when they feel the best, she explains. They've had their breakfast, taken their medicine, and their bodies are not as achy. Circadian rhythms may be linked to why afternoon exercise provides greater benefits. Although the study was not designed to discover why exercise timing could influence early death, the authors of the study believe that it could be linked to our body's circadian rhythms, which are the physical, mental, and behavior patterns that follow a 24-hour cycle. Circadian rhythms could be the key, says Syed. We have peaks in blood pressure and other hormones like cortisol in the morning and similar peaks happen at bedtime maybe we are meant to be to be our most physically productive outside of those peaks she says by the afternoon the body has had time to significantly adjust to the day says our serio our metabolism peaks in the afternoon the heart, blood vessel hormones, muscles, joints, and nervous systems are also working at optimal form, and we are usually well-nourished at this time, he says. That would make the afternoon the most favorable time of day to perform vigorous exercise because all these processes are working at their best, says Arcirio. Morning exercise may be more effective with, for burning fat, yeah. Okay, although certainly the largest, this study isn't the first to suggest that the health benefits of exercise may depend on timing. A study published in the December 2020 physiological uh, reports found that people who were at risk for or diagnosed with type 2 diabetes improved their blood sugar control more if they work out between 
3 p.m. and 6 p.m. than if they exercise in the morning. Exercise timing may also influence how your body burns energy and builds muscle. In a small study published in the May 2022 Frontiers in Physiology, Arcerio and his colleagues found that early morning exercise in women reduced total body and belly fat and increased the lower body muscular power of their legs. Evening exercise in women significantly increase upper body strength, power, and endurance. In men, evening exercise increase fat oxidation and decrease fatigue. Other research has shown similar enhanced fat burning following morning exercise and improved athletic and exercise performance with late afternoon or evening exercise, says Arcerio. Bottom line, exercise at whatever time of day fits your lifestyle. All the experts agree the best time to exercise is when you can fit it in. Based on this article, in an ideal world, would uh, mid-afternoon vigorous exercise be best? Sure. Is that possible for my patient who has meetings all afternoon and only Mm. has a window to exercise after the kids go down? No. Mm. Is it possible for the patient who does shift work and needs to sleep during the day? No. But if a patient has space for flexibility, I would say the best time to exercise for all its maximum benefits is in the afternoon, says Syed. Tips for moving more in the afternoon. Rule number one, exercise does not need to be structured, says Syed. Just get moving. Take the stairs during your lunch breaks. Take a Zoom call while doing a brisk walk. Have a midday dance party with the kids. Do what you can and all of it counts, she says. Arcerio recommends a 10 to 15 minute power walk in the office stairwell or a loop around the neighborhood. If you can't leave your desk area, body weight lunges and the resistant bands can provide a little burst of activity and get your heart rate up, he says. So, yes, that is an informative article. And as we say, yes, exercise timing can matter whether you burn fat or whether you have strength and power in the evening, you know, but at the end of the day, yeah, this new study says that mid midday workout is linked to lower death for cardiovascular disease. But Hey, if you don't exercise at all, you increase your risk anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Right. What you think D exactly. I just think, you know, most people it's hard for the average person to leave your job Mm-hmm. Go exercise someplace, get all funked up, <laughs> take a shower, and then come back to work. Yeah. It's just, that's another one of those not sustainable. Not sustainable. So, you know, you, I tried mm-hmm. doing that, doing that uh, a year ago, and I would leave work at noon and go over to the JCC and try to swim. But, you know, now that's a big chunk of your time out of your day. So mm-hmm. you go to the JCC. Mm-hmm. You get dressed, you swim for, say, a half hour. Now you got to get back, take a shower, dry out, put your clothes back on, and then try to get back to work, and then try to get out by 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best thing is for exercise, you want to get it in when you can fit it in, period. Right. Exactly. Get it in. It's better to do it at whenever you can get it in as opposed to 
not saying, well, if I can't do it in the afternoon, then it's not going to benefit me. That's completely wrong, right? Exactly. That's completely wrong. And you can always do what we call exercise snacks where you do 10 minute here, 15 minute here throughout the day because it all adds up doesn't it? Yeah. It all adds up. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, the next article D preliminary study showed that consuming erythritol or Truvia, this in the green thing it's in the green packet. Yeah. Truvia is found in many keto friendly foods. Yeah. Including the sweetener. Truvia can significantly increase heart disease since we're talking about heart disease risk. And so erythritol, a popular sugar substitute found in Truvia and used in a variety of no sugar and keto friendly products. That's why it's important to read your labels, guys. Right. right. It may be linked to an increased risk of heart attack and stroke, according to a new study published today in Nature. So that's big time. Nature Medicine. Researchers found that people with the highest uh, levels of erythritol in their blood were twice as likely to have a heart attack, stroke or death compared to people with the lowest levels. These results were striking. That puts this on par with the same risk of the, of the strongest of the cardiac risk factors, such mm-hmm. as having diabetes. It's mm-hmm. even arguably stronger than the risk of high cholesterol or blood pressure, says the senior author Stanley uh, Hazen. Uh, he's a MD, PhD, chairman of the Department of Cardiovascular and Metabolic Sciences at Lerner uh, Research Institute and co-section head of preventive cardiology at the Cleveland Clinic. Clinic. Yes, in Ohio. This is an incredibly important study that provides significant evidence for how the use of artificial sweeteners, in in particular, the sugar substitute erythritol, may also increase the risk of cardiovascular disease such as heart attacks, stroke, and death, says Mandeep Kane. He's a mm-hmm. social director of preventive cardiology at Stony Brook Heart Institute in Stony Brook, New York. Dr. Keith was not involved in this research. Having naturally high levels of erythritol may double heart disease risk. Researchers didn't set out to specifically study erythritol, says Dr. Hazen. Uh, While studying different compounds that naturally occur in the blood to see if any predicted later heart attack or stroke, the scientists discovered that people with naturally high levels of erythritol, which our bodies produce naturally as a byproduct of metabolism, appeared to be at higher risk. Researchers then turned their focus on erythritol and measured it in nearly 3,000 participants in the United States and Europe. They found that people with the highest levels of erythritol, that's the top 25%, had twice the risk of heart attack, stroke, and death compared to people with the lowest levels of the compound. Investigators also examined the effects of adding erythritol to either whole blood or isolated platelets, which are cell fragments that clump together to stop bleeding and help form blood clots. They found that erythritol made platelets easier to activate and form a clot. Blood clots can become dislodged and travel to the heart, leading to a heart attack or to the brain, leading to stroke. Consuming erythritol in processed foods may increase plasma levels of the compound by a thousand percent. Erythritol is made by fermenting corn. 
It can be sold alone or included as an ingredient in stevia and fruit-based sweeteners. When used as a sugar substitute, it's about 70... Oh, it's not Truvia, it's Stevia. Steve, stevia, but the stevia. brand... Stevia. Stevia is the... Oh, is Truvia, is that the other brand name for it? That's the brand name for it, oh, but okay, the ingredient, gotcha, gotcha. the ingredient, Stevia... The ingredient gotcha. stevia is in other sweeteners too. Okay, gotcha. Right, but this one is Truvia or or included as an ingredient in stevia. Yeah, yeah. It's about 70% as sweet as sugar. So it's 70% as sweet as sugar. So that's why they use it. After being consumed, erythritol is poorly metabolized by the body. Instead, it goes into the bloodstream and it leaves the body, main, it leaves the body mainly through urine. After uncovering the risk of high levels of erythritol and its impact on climate, Plotting, Hazen and colleagues decided to look at how it might accumulate in, in, in people who consume it through processed foods. In a small pilot study, healthy volunteers are given one or two servings of erythritol in um, products such as sweetened ice cream or lemonade. The plasma levels of erythritol went about 1,000 fold higher and then stayed above the levels that were observed to enhance clotting risk in earlier experiments for days says Hazen. Findings strengthen existing concerns about sugar substitutes and the risk of heart disease. In 2018, the American Heart Association advised short-term replacement of sugar-sweetened beverages with beverages containing low-calorie sweeteners, including artificially sweetened beverages as a reasonable approach to calorie reduction and weight loss, says King. A lot of people with underlying cardiac risk factors have been consuming products sweetened with erythritol because they believe it will somehow reduce those risks, he says. The results of this study imply that those very products are putting people at an even higher risk of cardiovascular disease. This study builds on research data from the Women's Health Initiative that showed that women who consume at least 24 ounces on average per day of artificially wow. sweetened beverages had an elevated risk of cardiovascular disease. Given that the safety of these sugar substitutes has not been studied in detail, I believe the topic of artificial sweeteners and their impact on our health deserves more attention. This article brings up some very compelling questions that are important to address, says Kang. More studies are needed to confirm the findings about the potential risk of erythritol. Following up studies are needed to confirm the findings in the general population, noted the authors. The study had several limitations, including that observation studies demonstrate association and, and not causation. While it's true that these findings show an association between erythritol and heart disease, rather than conclusive evidence of the link, it is certainly an important contribution to the growing body of literature on the topic, says Kang. To further strengthen these findings, we need more solid scientific evidence in the form of randomized controlled trials with larger population sizes, which can effectively assess the direct impact these products have on cardiovascular disease. Hazen adds that additional trials are needed on the long-term effects of artificial sweeteners in general and erythritol specifically. Such studies should focus on any increased risk of heart attack and stroke, particularly 
in people at higher risk for cardiovascular disease. He says the FDA does not require long-term safety data for compounds like erythritol. Mm. There it is. Erythritol is generally recognized as safe by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, which means there is no requirement for long-term safety studies, partly because erythritol is considered natural and it was generally regarded as safe. It wasn't studied a lot before being used in a variety of different processed foods, says Hazen. In all fairness, there's no one who could have predicted this. We certainly didn't. We just stumbled on it. But now that we know, we think some cautionary alarms need to go up and we need to study it to evaluate its safety, he says. Measuring artificial sweeteners is difficult and labeling requirements are minimal and often do not list individual compounds. Regarding erythritol, it's now clear that this is something that people need to be informed about so that they can make healthy choices, says Hazen. From a public health standpoint, we should require labeling so that people can be informed at once. So what's the bottom line? Bottom line, should we keep eating food sweetened with erythritol? My hesitation for recommending artificial sweeteners is the lack of scientific knowledge about their long-term effects, says Kane. This study shows that rather than adding um, health benefits, use of erythritol has potential for harm, he adds. With the information we have so far, this would further strengthen my support for choosing lifestyle changes and reducing sugar intake over using artificial sugar substitutes for an overall reduced risk of cardiovascular events, he says. Hazen agrees, saying, I'm going to tell my my patients that it's better to use a modest amount of sugar or honey. My mother, Ann Gilstrap, the nutrition consultant and all that for Vicky Doe Fitness has been saying that for years, right? It is better to use a modest amount of sugar or honey in moderation rather than reach for the thing that has an enormous amount of artificial sweetener in it. That has not been well studied in terms of long-term health effects. Kane tells his patients to be patient and kind to themselves when making changes in their diet and that making small gradual changes is more likely to be successful. One way to do this is by cutting out sugary drinks such as carbonated beverages and replacing them with water or unsweetened tea. Reading food labels and paying attention to the sugar content of foods we eat is also a good place to start, he says. I amen that to the dat. <laughs> you know, I've started to use homemade maple syrup yes. uh, in my um, like yogurt in the morning. Okay. You know, and homemade maple syrup is a whole lot different than what you buy in the store. You know, it comes mm -hmm. right out the tree. It's not that, it's really not even that sweet. People don't understand that homemade maple syrup is very low in sugar. Uh -huh. And I started to do that because like you say, you keep reading all these reports about, and I mean, I, I do put, you know, sweetener in my stuff, but these, these stories, these articles are compelling. They're compelling. And, and I've always get asked when we go out and we do our cooking demos and we do that, I always get asked about artificial sweeteners. Mm -hmm. And I always say, listen, it depends on the nutritionist. I said, but for me, 
and Vicky Doe Fitness in our house, we always say it's better to just really cut down and do a modest little dash of sugar or honey or something right. than to be just guzzling down these artificial sweeteners. Because you just, I mean, come on now. Not enough data to show uh, uh, the long-term benefits of this. Yeah, and people were always talking about, what is it, stevia. They were always yeah. talking about that in different other things. But yeah, yeah. I remember because it has a little leaf on it, what, tr- uh, Truvia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody you know, does the, that. The sad thing about it is that most of the, the public really feels that the Federal Drug Administration, FDA, has a has scientific data to support all this stuff when they don't. They don't. They don't. They do not. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's better to do the, the natural stuff and just cut it yeah. down and keep You're it moving. You're not going to gain that much more weight by look, using a little bit of sugar or a little bit of honey. That's You're it. You're not going to do it. That's it. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. So, yeah, that's a good article. And so, D, I know. So, D, our last one is a quiet liver disease. Yeah, I'll take that. So, this came as a surprise to me. Didn't realize it was that prevalent. So, a quiet liver disease is on the rise in kids and Hispanic people. What you need to know. So, two years ago, Allison Granger went to her doctor after feeling constant fatigue and nausea. A quick trip to the grocery store would exhaust her. The lethargy was so intense, the 26-year-old quit her job working as a spa concierge. The primary care doctor sent her to a specialist who found abnormal levels on her liver levels on her liver function test. Liver biopsy showed she had non-alcoholic steatohepatitis or NASH, mm-hmm. a more severe form of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which occurs when there's too much fat in the liver. I was shocked, she said. At the time, I was devastated. Mm. Hispanic Americans like Granger are disproportionately diagnosed with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and NASH, with estimates showing NASH rates highest in this group. The disease affects between a quarter and a third of the United States population, according to estimates, and rates arising in adults in their 20s and children. It's also the leading cause for liver transplants in women, research shows. Mm. Experts say patients often lack symptoms and that raising awareness is essential to help them get the care they need to manage progression. Non-alcoholic Fatty liver disease, or NAFLD, refers to a group of conditions in which too much fat is deposited in the liver, but no inflammation or damage occurs to the organ. Some fat is normal in the liver, but abnormal levels are a concern. The liver, which filters blood in the body and breaks down substances such as alcohol and drugs, produces bile, a fluid that helps digest fats and eliminates waste. NASH is a form of the disease in which swelling occurs in the liver, caused by the buildup of fat. The inflammation can cause and lead to fibrosis, which is scarring and damage to the liver. Left untreated, NASH can lead to cirrhosis, which is severe scarring and permanent damage of the liver that can lead to liver failure. NAFL and NASH are considered silent diseases and usually don't come with symptoms. But if they do, advanced forms can cause fatigue, aching in the upper right abdomen, yellowing of the skin and eyes, and unexplained weight loss. Cases are going up among Hispanic population. Among patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, Hispanic Americans have the most cases of NASH, according to an analysis of 10 studies published by the Journal of Clinical Gastroenterology and Hepatology. There definitely is some disparity around diagnosis, around awareness, 
and around progression, said Dr. Nadege Gunn, a gastroenterologist and hepatologist at Impact Research Institute and adjunct professor at Texas A&M University College of Medicine. She noted Hispanic women especially are seeing disproportionate rates. It's just such a quiet, nondescript condition that people fall into finding about, that people fall into finding about, out about, gun ad. When there's no access or limited resources to diagnose in communities of color, Mm. Here we go again with health disparities. Here we go again. That's it. That's it. You're certainly going to find that there are some differences as far as linkage to care. People just don't know where to go. You make the diagnosis and where they're going to get treated. Mm. Gun and other professionals say genetic predispositions and diet could be behind the disparity. Mm. Early diagnosis is key to manage the disease, said Dr. Brian Lee, a liver doctor at University of Southern California. It's important not to ignore facts that aren't related to biology and genetics, he said, noting high rates of uninsured Hispanic and Latino people compared to white people. Being uninsured or receiving public insurance influences your rate of developed liver disease progression because these patients lack access to preventive care to catch the problem. Here we go again. Here we go again. That's it. I Here know. we go again. What's behind the increase in kids? NAFLD is the most common form of liver disease in mm. children, in, in, according to the Children's Liver Disease. So let me just de- definitions again. NAFLD is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or okay. NAFLD. Okay. So NAFLD is the most common form of liver disease in children, according to the Children's Liver Disease Foundation. Estimates show between 5 and 10% of American children mm-hmm. have NAFLD, and of those, 20 to 50% have NASH form, the National Institutes of Health says. Researchers are studying why cases are rising. Children and young people are at high risk, are at high risk if they're overweight, obese, and we know that's a problem in this country. Mm-hmm. Type 2 diabetes, or insulin resistance, a poor diet, and lack of exercise. NAFLD is most common in Hispanic and Asian American children, followed by white children. It's less common in black children, according to National Institutes of Health. Rates among children, young people, is projected to dramatically surge. Can it be prevented? Type 2 diabetes is soaring mm-hmm. among black Hispanic youth, the study shows. Risk factors for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, having diabetes, being overweight, obese, and having high triglycerides are risk factors for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Research suggests the disease is present in one to two-thirds of people, wow, with type 2 diabetes, Mm -hmm. 75% of overweight people, and more than 90% of people who have severe obesity, according to the National Institutes of Health. Mm. Often patients who come to GUN and are diagnosed with NASH have had diabetes or been overweight for years. No one ever told them to get their liver checked. That's why GUN runs awareness programs for doctors and communities in her area, including holding a NASH bash Mm. with free screenings a few times a year. So what's the treatment? While there's no current medication to treat the disease, lifestyle changes such as weight loss and better nutrition can help manage and improve the condition long-term. Lee said the biggest problem is diagnosing the condition early enough. Regular checkups are essential to evaluate and control those risk factors. Early detection and lifestyle changes can help reverse some damage. 
There are options for the liver to improve and actually regenerate, Lee said. But if you're too late, then really the only option is a liver transplant. Mm. Before Granger became pregnant, she was enrolled in a clinical drug trial with Gunn. Granger, who had prediabetes prior to getting NASH diagnosis and now diabetes, wears a continuous glucose monitor to help track of her blood sugars. I've seen those in a lot of my friends in the hospital. They have these things up here that you just put a little thing on there. You can read it on your phone. Have you seen those? No, but like the little, where is it on the arm? That little patch, a friend has it. He wears his under here. Okay. The doctor at the hospital, and he just puts his phone up to here, and it gives you an immediate blood sugar reading. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish I had known, I wish I would have known all this information because I was kind of clueless when I found out, said Granger. I knew nothing about it, she said. If you get yourself checked out, maybe you can catch it faster than I caught it. Know your numbers. Know your numbers. Know your numbers. That's the key. Mm -hmm. Know your numbers. Isn't that something how, but that, that wouldn't surprise me because you know, just the way we eat and we don't exercise. And, exactly. And then so we fat just, has to be stored someplace. Somewhere. So it's stored right in your liver. Right in your liver. There it is. Wow. And then, of course, we the, we the last to know. <laughs> right. Of course, because we don't have linkage to care. We don't have linkage to care. We don't have insurance. And you go into, you can't go into the emergency room talking about, I have NASH or NAFLD. They're like, uh... Go see your primary care doctor or somebody. That's it. That's what they do. I know. And then that's not going to happen. Right. Because people aren't going to follow through. So another health care disparity. Another health care disparity. And so, yeah, D, you know, we we had a lot of wonderful articles. We did. Yeah. We had some really, really good stuff today. And, um, and this ends our show. So do you have some tips that we should think about? Well, you know, I think we need to be on alert. You know, certainly if you're in a high risk group, men uh-huh. who have sex with men, or if you're a parent with a little child or, you know, increased sexual activity, consider this disease, shigellosis, shigella, mm-hmm. and to understand that bacteria are always going to be smarter than us. And they're, so now we're seeing big time resistance. The interesting article that I thought was... Uh-huh. Probably exercising in mid-afternoon probably gives you the better uh, benefits, mm-hmm. but with the caution that some exercise is better than no exercise. Some exercise Bottom is better line. than nothing. That's it. And then another rude awakening, how many of us, you know, are gulping down all these, you know, sh- sugar substitutes. And as I said, you know, people are taking these thinking that the FDA has done all this big research and mm. we know in 20 years what's going to happen. Not true. And I think what you said, what your mom says, mm-hmm. the nutritionist who mm-hmm. advises us on Vicky Doe Fitness, a little bit of sugar or honey. Mm-hmm. And I also add a little bit of homemade or a little bit of homemade maple syrup mm-hmm. is way better than all these sugar substitutes that, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, corn in our teas and our this thinking that we're doing a benefit to ourselves. And then lastly, you know, becoming aware, having an awareness of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Certainly if you're in the Hispanic demographics, just maybe going to your doctor, having a checkup. And, uh, and then again, all those things that we talk about losing weight, increasing your exercise, and changing your diet. I mean, mm-hmm. those are, the, I think, the kinds of, of suggestions that we it's just we always offer those kinds of things. That's so, it. Yes. Yeah. 
So we're yeah, back and to- And I think you're, mm -hmm. one last comment, I think uh -huh. you, know, you continue to reiterate uh -huh. these various diets that people go on, like you were talking about the keto diet. Mm -hmm. These diets are made, are made for jump starting. Yes. They're not sustainable. Mm -hmm. They have side effects. Like I continue to say, ketones are not good for you to dump all those ketones on your liver or your kidneys. Mm -hmm. So you have to just, you know, in moderation, um, and just remember that these are just jumpstart to get you where you want to be and then go back to much more healthy. That's uh, it. Eating, diets. balance, eating, eating food, balance. balance. Right. Right. And then here's the thing to always remember, guys. I know we have that because we got that no pain, no gain mentality, mm -hmm. but that's not even with exercise, even with injury. Right. No, that's not. Uh, -uh. So if mm -hmm. you are eating and you feel terrible, you can't do that for long. And right. most of these crazy restrictive stuff, you feel bad for a reason. Your body needs more balanced calories. So don't do that exactly. to yourself when you don't have to. You don't have to. Right. If, exactly. And so I also will say, too. Yeah. Do some exercise snacks. That's what we call it. You know, Yeah. a lot of us are busy, but listen, don't be too busy. And as far as I'm concerned, if you got 24 hours in a day, you really you can, can fit it in. you really can fit it in. Yeah, I mean, you can fit it in. It's Absolutely. whether you value. And I always say you better fit it in now or be in the hospital laying up in the bed exactly. and, and then you fitting it in then because you got to heal. We so, always say pay now or pay later. Pay now or pay later. And so also I want to give a shout out to Vicky Doe Fitness. We do have 20 because people complain about breakfast and about eating. And that's why they do these crazy diets sometimes because and not eat breakfast and this and that. But we have healthy breakfast, 20 20 recipes that that you can cook in under 20 minutes it doesn't take that long and it's great one of my favorite ones has where you will sprinkle a little honey over your strawberries and your so forth and so on and so yeah go to www.vickydofitness.com forward slash breakfast and get those recipes go ahead and download those recipes and it has the nutrition value and all of that. So you'll know what carbohydrates, what proteins, and how many calories are in it. All done by nutrition, nutrition viewed and all of that. And so as always, we want you to make sure that if you have any questions or comments, just anything to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.